Thanks for tuning in to the Mad Park Podcast. Uh, welcome to everyone, Charlotte, York County, Pelzer, South Carolina, the town that's so terrible, two counties won't claim it. Our guest today is Miss Stephanie Hand. How are you, Stephanie? Doing great, doing great. All right, I like it. Um, she is a um, candidate for the upcoming, soon upcoming election, uh, Charlotte City Council, District 6, which is actually my district where I live, and it's the district where... Um, one of uh, our favorite uh, watering holes, shall we say, Brian is, uh, right up there on Park Road. But um, oh, yes. Stephanie, how are you? It's good to have you. Man, great, great, great to be here today, hanging out with you guys. Okay, well, you, you might think different than that later. <laughs> well, we'll see at the end. It's going to be hardcore questions. It's going to get insanely <laughs> aggressive. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So, Brian, let's uh, let's rapid fire. Let's get to know Stephanie. What do you got? Well, I was going to say, let's start by introducing yourself. Tell people where you're from, um, like just your background a little bit, just what got you into Running for politics. Uh, yeah, that's a good one right there. I'm from Moorhead City, North Carolina. Carolina girl, East Coast girl. That's way out there. It, way, 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 Almost way, as way. far out there as you can get. It is as far as you can get. Once you hit where I live, you hit the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So five and a half hours away, you hit the Atlantic Ocean. And um, I attriculated here to Charlotte on a scholarship at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I was a baller. Go Niners. Nice. Go Niners. <clears throat> Absolutely. What it's type of sports? Women's basketball. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's what baller is. You, you didn't, you, see, he didn't. People use that term in general terms. And, and you have you have green um, shorts on, man. So Moorhead City all the way up to the uh, the megalopolis that is uh, Northern Charlotte, the university area. It, it is now. It but is now. Yeah. When I was there. By the way, what did you major in? <clears throat> My major was communications. Okay. Mine was uh, going on academic probation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, my friend, I actually flunked out of college. So yeah. let me throw that into well, the Well, I did just graduate last year, finally, after... Um, I think seven tries. Oh, no, no. But were you ever a member of the illustrious uh, uh, Square Root Club? I was not. That's where your GPA is the square root of something. I was a a .7. My youngest brother studied communications at UNC Charlotte. What's he doing now? Uh, Working in communications for a casino. Oh, wow. Is he communicating to people? Could you sign over your car to us? <laughs> no, he's in the social media. Oh, that section. That, oh, one of those new things to get yeah. That new thing. Is yes. that the, the My Face or whatever it is? Yep. Okay. My Face. Great place. Space, great place. Facebook. So, anyway, and UNCC, uh, how, what did you do after college, immediately after? The day you just stepped foot onto the ground of civilian work? Absolutely. I had a part time job at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport and a part time job at a grocery store. And while I was at Charlotte Douglas International Airport, um, some folks saw whatever it is that they saw in me and asked me to be a supervisor. And from that, I ended up um, being the operations manager at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport. Wow. I was project manager from Florida to New York City of all the projects in the airports. And then I was instrumental in helping to bring Concord Mills Mall because it all fell under host Marriott. Then they asked me to go out to Little Rock, Arkansas to be the general manager of that airport. And so And do you like banjo yeah. music? <laughs> banjo music. No, I tried to get this man, my husband to uh come on out there. We got married that year. I moved out there and he said no, he loved Charlotte. So we yeah. our first year of marriage was separate. Can you believe that? I can believe that. You know, Chip is a man of exquisite taste, but also incredible patience. Yes, um, for those of you that don't know, I, I do actually know Chip, and we've crossed paths many, multiple times, I won't say many times, over the decades, and uh, always a treat and delight, and he will keep you stocked up with flavored sunflower seeds, if that's what you're into. <laughs> um, so if you were out at the airport with all the great things, it sounds like you did, and interesting things, you must know the name Jerry Orr. Jerry Orr, man, he, yeah. he 
he and I, we used to sit down in one of our restaurants and just have conversation. He was a really cool dude. I thought he was a great guy, and I thought he really knew what he was doing. And that's a whole different story for another podcast that yeah. people want to know how weird things can take a, a yeah. bizarre turn. Yeah. yeah we're, we're, and he was respected in the airport Yes, industry. he was. He was respected around Charlotte. And Absolutely. he helped make us what we are. And we were sitting, where we're sitting right now is I could I could probably throw a football to the airport from where we are. It's only a few miles. Yeah. yeah. Um. How quickly did you rise through those ranks of the part-time at the airport to doing all that? So in five years, I became the operations manager. I was wow. actually the youngest African-American female in the country running airports at 29. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Uh, well, this is my resume. I'm just going <laughs> to rip it. I'm just going to rip it in half. Yeah. I've done nothing. You did just graduate college. It's fine. You did. I mean, I guess, but I'm not really going to work. <laughs> I'm living off my comic book residuals. <laughs> um, tell us about your family. How many husbands? How many kids? <laughs> well, you You're know. You're not supposed to laugh yet. You're just supposed to be in here being quiet. <laughs> One husband, and the funny haha was I met him, believe it or not, at church. Somebody actually invited me to come to their church, which I wasn't in the church at that point. I was mad with God. And was the church story. here in town? It was. What it was church was it? St. Mark's United Methodist okay. Church, I know 917 Clanton Road. I hear yes. you. I hear you. I know that area very well. She said, "Come, hey, are you dating anybody? And I was like, well, well, let's, well, let's decide what dating means. And, uh, you <laughs> Come know, to church. I'll introduce you to Jesus. She said, <laughs> he needs a girlfriend. No, she, he was, okay, she was like, I got two guys I want to introduce you to. And she said, but I'll decide which one. And she chose the chipster. But I went, let y'all, y'all put your seatbelt on, <laughs> on this one. I went to the church, y'all, to meet a man. We were supposed to go out to lunch. She said, man, let's go to lunch. And he, at first thing out of his mouth was, I ain't got no money, man. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. I believe I would have probably called my sister and said, let me hold 20 till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's our first encounter. And oh. then, y'all... He didn't show up for the lunch. Oh, what? But Chip had money. He did have money. Chip had money, and he shows up. And he shows and up. pretty decent personal hygiene, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But long story short, we're married for 22 years. We have a 21-year-old, an 18-year-old, a junior in college, and a freshman in college. Wow. wow. Um, two boys, two girls, one of each? Daughter. Okay. Um, 21. Okay. Uh, she's a daddy's girl. Now, where is which college is she at? U University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Okay. okay. And our son, Walter the Third. You know, his name is not necessarily Chip. It's Walter. You didn't know that, did you? I didn't, but I knew it had to be something kind of nerdy to switch <laughs> to Chip. <laughs> Every Chip I know, it's always like Charles the Fourth or um, <laughs> Lord Snotbottom or something like that. I don't know. <clears throat> Gather yourself, Brian. Uh. So yeah, two kids, empty nesters right now, but they get y'all. They getting ready to come. Oh, back where uh, where does the sun go to school? North Carolina A and T. There you Aggie go. Aggie Pride. Pride. I hear you. I hear you. Help facilitate. One of your goals is to help facilitate more economic development for District Six, right? Mm -hmm. So as a small business owner like Tom and myself, <laughs> um, how uh, what are your ideas on uh, how the city could and would do that? So, so I think it's important that we know that the backbone of America is small business. I don't, we don't talk about it enough. And so I think it's exposure. I think it's incentivizing um, small businesses so that they can scale and to, to grow. And I also think it's about mentorship as well so that we can teach in our school system, although Charlotte um, – what we do on council is is really in um, the county commissioner's 
piece, but I believe that we have to be collaborative. And so particularly in underserved communities, who know who knew that you guys can do what you're doing right now, right? I mean, I didn't. I have a lot of dumb ideas. As Brian will tell you, I'll throw out a hundred and it might be two or three good ones come out of yeah, it. Yeah, but sometimes right. they're good. Yeah, right. two or three, two or three percent. Right. right. And failure is a good thing. Well, and it's, unless it involves all the money I have. Well, we've been, we've been a, failing, what, for five years? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. We are losing everything. <laughs> this is just for the place for us to come watch TV and um, uh, play music, honestly. Well, yeah. But also, uh, so I am, again, not from here, and I live in Fort Mill. Mm-hmm. So where exactly is the, like, what encompasses the district? So the district was just remapped. So mm-hmm. we go from um, Park Road, where we live off of Park right. Road. Um, it, it butts up against Highway 51. And then we go all the way up to um, Park Road Park Shopping Center, over into the South Park area, Providence Road, Coxwall, um, down the road. And so it's a weird little sometimes mappy map. Beverly Woods, Bever- Beverly Woods go. East, uh, Montclair, Montclair right. South, uh, Madison Park, from which we derive our name of Mad Park. Mad Park, yes. Um, Cameron Wood, Quahala Country Club, all that stuff with them yuppies. I got you. I live there. Great people, though. Great people. <laughs> sure. And you you live there. Yeah, I live down there. Huh? I live down there. <laughs> How would your experiences, an experience, I should say, as an ordained Methodist clergy, or as ordained, not and, but ordained Methodist clergy, help you with your duties on city council? I can think of one way. You'll probably have the, the ultimate patience with other people, but... Well, you know, here's the deal. I want to remind everybody uh, that Jesus' patience was played out in the temple when folk weren't doing what they were supposed to do. They were gouging. Smashing stuff What did up. he do? Jesus turned the tables over in the mm. temple. Now, I'm not going to do that. because Pound I'm, for pound, strongest guy in the Bible. Strongest guy in the Bible. By any a stretch of imagination. Crazy question. Built right like there. a swimmer, I hear. Absolutely. But, but I think keeping the main thing the main thing, but I, I also believe that my experience running airports, my experience working for Charlotte Family Housing, my experience in the spaces and places that I've lived and worked and played has all culminated at a point where I'm at a point in my life where I'm a strategist. And so therefore to listen to those who oppose me, to not get angry all the time, except for with my husband, maybe, um, and my children. How dare you? Just keeping it real. No, but but it becomes, it's a culminating of all of those skill sets to be able to navigate. Because at the end of the day, sitting on Charlotte City Council, we are accountable to the general public. You all vote us into, and so we have to or be- Or out. Or, or, out, or out. In or out. That's right. And so we have to be attentive, and because this is a district seat, I must be attentive to the <coughs> brothers and sisters, siblings that are in District 6. So what I'm hearing from you is patience. Patience. Mostly patience. So And <coughs> listening. Patience and listening. Which is part of that. But yeah. also willing to have tough conversations, and then after those things, being willing to make the decision. Keep and it real hard. politely. Absolutely. So where was that moment you kind of, or what was that issue that kind of came up where you thought, I, I want to run, I want to do something for the city? Like, what was that? If there was one. Yeah, if there was one. I mean, was there a, a turning moment? There, there was, and it, it was, um, I was in the house complaining because I did not um, agree with how people were talking to one another. Oh, I, I could just skip right down to question number seven right now. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and so... It is my belief that when we look, our kids look at us on how we conduct ourselves 
and it's disruptive. This polarization in the political landscape, I was complaining about it and said, people need to stop it. We have to move this city forward. And my kids, you know, being young adults that they are, they're like, ah, mom, there you go complaining, but you don't let us complain. You said, if you're complaining, you need to come up with solutions. So what's the solution to the problem? You need to run for public office. I was like, go to your room. <laughs> and that festered and festered. And, and when they festered. told you, no, I'm not going to my room, I'm too old, you said, well, you know what? You got a good point there. I will run. Exactly. And, and I didn't say I will run. It wasn't until November when people were calling me and said, you should consider running. You, you have the temperament and you have the North Star understanding of why, why you're running. You're a public servant already. Why don't you put your name in the hat? And yeah. I did. Well, I'm going to skip down a little bit because that brings me to one of the points I was going to make. Um, I could just read it, but I, I would like more. And this is coming from me here, Brian, try not to laugh. I want more civility and professionalism from anybody in charge, anyone in public service, anyone in a legislative position. I don't use the term politics. If I'm at uh, an event and someone tells me, I ask them what they do for a living. God told me one time, a politician. I said, good night. Yeah, no. You're a state senator. You're a public servant. You're a legislator. Get your job description correct before you talk. But I, I've kind of had enough of the, as I phrased it on my question I wrote out, sometimes vulgar and always tiresome methods and tactics of many of the people who are in local, state, and federal legislative posts. So, so that being said, I've already heard what you want to do. You want to bring a, a better standard of that. Not that some of the council members are not already that way because there are a couple on there that we know and we've spoken to and we think a lot of. They don't, they don't do that, right, right. but there are a couple that are there now that do that. And it's so unprofessional. It's so off-putting that I, I, I can't even hear a lot of what they're saying sometimes because of the way they're saying it. Why would you want to subject yourself to someone else in that meeting or even just a random citizen coming into the chamber? And you know, when it, when it's that open period, when the people come to the mic and speak, I've never been down there for that, but I've seen footage and it's like social media. People just get in there and think there's not going to be any repercussions. Somebody says the wrong thing to me, and I'm going to memorize their face and name and find them later. <laughs> if nothing else, to scream at them. I'm not going to kill them or anything that I know of. Well, well that's a good thing. Exactly. It's sort of a compromise. Kind of. Kind of. But why, I mean, it seems, I'll like edit that asking, out. seems like you're just, it's, there's going to be a point where someone's going to say the wrong thing to you, and you're going to, you'll be able to deal with it better than I, for sure. But Well, you know, I work in the church. And so in the church, people say some wrong things too. Yeah. So it's not immune. Um, but I would say this, my, my, my growing up, my father was, um, was killed in Vietnam as a Marine. He um, volunteered to serve. He didn't get drafted. One of wow. his brothers got drafted in the 60s and he volunteered. He was at Fable State University and, mm -hmm. and left and volunteered. Is and, that the Broncos? Not the Bronco. The yes, it is the Broncos. Okay, okay, it is. The, look at you knowing your history. Well, he went and uh, they were in a hostile situation and he made a, a courageous decision to go to a vantage point so that his platoon could escape. And his platoon, the entirety of the platoon escaped, but he lost his life for it. Wow. And in Cherry Point, North Carolina, there's a barracks named after him. No but kidding. I say this because all my life, all I knew is service. And it's sacrificial service. And also being um, a Christian and in the church, we understand the sacrifice of the, the Jesus that I love and serve was sacrificial. And so when you see things that are out of sync, you have to be a part of those solutions because we're all here to serve. And if we serve well 
and serve honorably, we will see a different community. And I want to be a part of making the community better so that we can hand it off to the next. I had the privilege of talking to Hugh McCall, who has publicly endorsed me. And that's one of the Local things, legend. Local legend. He was a Marine as well. Oh, yeah. Well, once a Marine, always a Marine. So he's retired. And one of the things that he has stated was to me, you have to take care of those who are on the front line. And that's the piece that you are servant, serving our community, because all of us have a um, have a obligation so that we can make a better community and that we leave it better than we found it. That's what drives me. That's why I said yes to this. Yes, it's, it's wild. And yes, it's unpredictable. And this is a care, um, an area that I'm not familiar with. But while I'm in it, I know I'm in the right place, and this is where I'm supposed to be. Well, anyway. <laughs> so so since this is all new to you, what are some of the things that you kind of learned now, like along the way that you just are kind of surprised about? You just never thought getting into politics that was a thing. And also, if I may interject yeah, yeah. and add on to that, because he doesn't want to ask this question, do city council members – make a salary. I don't, I don't need to know what it is. Cause I can look that up if they have it, but do they go ahead? Oh yeah. No, just, but like, what are the things you obviously learned so far along this? You know, I, I've, what I've learned along this journey as I've done some deep dive examination of what the responsibility of, of city council is, is that, and I know it's easy for, for, for us, me included in the public to, um, to throw spitballs um, at city council and the decisions that may be made. But at the end of the day, I think that people, for the most part, not everybody, so I'm not going to lie, um, are doing what's in the best interest of our city. I believe the mayor is doing what's in the best interest of our city. And so, um, though, but then there are persons that historically throughout the nation didn't are not doing things that are in the best interest of the country. That the is city. as crystal clear as that glass behind Chip. <clears throat> Absolutely. So yes, thank you for stating the obvious. Yeah, it, it's not. And so um, those those that 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 contrast between the two be, makes me go, how do they see it that way? That that it's right there before you, but yet you say it's not there, and, or you you put something, you point at something, and you go, going, wow. I thought that. <clears throat> Everybody that's serving in these capacities were so brilliant, and most of them are, that I couldn't do it. I think the opposite of those, most of those well, people, especially on the federal level. Well. And I always thought your biggest bang for your buck uh, was on local and state level, especially local level. That's, that's it. But it seems like it gets the, the, the spotlight, the ethics of it get, and uh, the actual effort of people mm-hmm. in public service, it gets diluted as you move up the chain, mm-hmm. it seems like. And that's the, that's the, that's the, and you're absolutely right. And it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. So I didn't think I was, didn't have the capacity to serve in these capacities. If you can do what you did at the Charlotte airport, I feel pretty confident you could probably do a good job anywhere all the way up to the, well, I appreciate that. The house in, uh, appreciate it. Listen, one, one step at a time, brother. I have no aspirations to do anything else. I didn't have aspirations. Never mind the steps. You could probably get a free flight with all your connections. <laughs> what about that salary we talked about? Is there a salary? There is a salary. Okay, yes. good. There is a salary. There is a salary. I'm trying to think how I can game this to my <laughs> advantage. Can I run for city council just for the salary and then be so toxic that nobody would want me there so I could just stay here? You're probably not a guaranteed salary. Um, so, again, I'm not super familiar with the districts. Um, 
but I have to imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that area, and because like I'm familiar with it and everything, it, it seems over the last couple of years and recently, it's it's one of the areas in the city that's kind of growing. They're tearing a lot down, rebuilding, doing, adding, whatever. Is that? Um, I don't even know how to phrase this question, but that seems like it, it's. Is it a more important district than some of the other ones? Is there a lot more going on there that is going to make you focus more? Um, just as that district leader than other places? Well, well, as a district rep, yeah. definitely um, is a primary that I need to focus on what's happening in our district. And um, for example, uh, Phillips Place just mm-hmm. sold uh, the movie theater. There. Yeah, they're going to tear it down for a, what is it, a five or 10 story? 10 story it, okay. a building. But in, initially it was a 32 story building and the community was like, yeah. that would be. And so um, we've landed, they've landed on a 10 story building uh, that that fits the aesthetics. That's more appropriate. I still think it's pretty tall, but then Aren't there's that other one down at down, yes. down at Barclay Downs is kind of tall. There's the one that they're supposed to be building too, right there on like Mon- like Monfort and stuff, right? Yeah, but that's only going to be two, three that retail stories. Retail yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. There's it seems like there's a lot going on there right now. So it's probably- there is there is, and the reality of the matter is District Six is somewhat does most everything is kind of developed and stuff yeah. on land. It's in pretty good shape already. It is. Yeah. It is. And so we don't have like in on the west side massive massive things going on there. Um it hasn't been really um you know developed in a long time. So now there's energy on those those areas and not even, so even though it is getting attention now because it's a hot area. It, it is, is now what area. Plaza Midwood was 20 25 years That's ago. Right. But the west side has something just you know, so you know that no other part of Charlotte has, and that's the single best piece of infrastructure in Mecklenburg County, Freedom Drive. Freedom Drive. That road has been like that for 35 years or more, wide, uh, pedestrian oases, uh, turn lanes, enough lights, good sight lines. I mean, it's just a great piece of infrastructure. You just gotta. I'm gonna take a look at that. I didn't realize that oh, depth of that. I've absolutely. Been on that, that road. For and a- it is a it is a, a piv a crucial connector from. I-77 to 85 to Billy Graham. So um, anything over there in a three-mile radius, a la Browns Avenue, um, is um, well, it's hot. That's hot, where hot. we kind of not started. but Yeah, we, we did start over there. We really started over there. Uh, the five-way intersection, the Tuckasegee, 3F, Berry Hill, and something else in there. But So we knew, but um, it's, it's good to see them getting some attention because um, they need a little slice of the pie, too. Absolutely. All parts of Charlotte do. Absolutely. Did the you districts hear, did are you, slices of pie, essentially. Brian. Yeah, yeah. I, like, and I know they're different sizes, and I know they do different, and different things. Shapes but I just, of pie. you know, and not living in Charlotte, it's new, new to but me. But understand, it, even new in our me. district, it's a, it's a, it's a relatively um, affluent district. Yeah, there are pockets though that aren't like Pine Valley. Yeah, is in our is in our district, and it's it's it has been historically an African American um, area, and I confess. I rode down South Boulevard, I know a million times, there's no signage, there's no nothing back there. And I didn't even know there was a community back there. Um, and, and my husband, he was like, yeah. So we went back there. It's kind of tucked away. It is. And he's, you know, he's a rock star when he goes back there because people back in the day that knew him. Uh, they he's were a rock like, star now. Yeah, yeah. So he was a track star in this great city. And there are athletes that were back there. And so um, it's those types of gems that we have in our in District 6 that not a lot of people talk about. But it is a, it's a mecca because developers definitely want to come back there and uh, yep. get a piece of that pie down there. 
but hopefully the the developers don't buy people out and they don't have a place to go. Um, I found out through Victoria Watlington about the, the the program to stay in your home, and it might be called stay in your home program that the city has, where um, legacy homes I call them. Mm-hmm. Those people have different rates of taxation. Mm-hmm. Taxation, I guess you'd say. Um, so that way, if they're given the home, but maybe they don't make a hundred grand a year, they can keep the home that their grandmother and their mother gave them. So mm-hmm. I like programs like that um, to help people stay where they are, so they're not um, so they don't have to move just because they couldn't afford the thirty eight hundred dollars taxes. Well, the cost of living is just insane right now too. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. Uh, and I just crazy. talked to um, a friend, uh, Mark Efridge. He is in real estate, and he has this program called Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, naturally affordable, um, naturally occurring affordable housing, where they his, his organization goes in and is rental. They go in and purchase those so that the rent stays consistent. We know big developers are coming in and, and gobbling up our corporations out right. of state. That's right. Sometimes out of country. That's right. Coming in because the price values are here, and so they started some years, a couple of years ago. Um, to do something to halt that and doing a phenomenal Mm. job. And so things like that help because they have a heart for the community and the people, grandmama and them who've been there forever are being priced out of some of these places. And so we have to be a part of those solutions so that grandmama and them can stay until they meet their maker. I have a question on a personal and um, moral level. All right. Um, Can we meaning me and anybody else that wants to get in line behind me, in the sustainability and conservation community, count on you to be an ally in our quest for improved stewardship of the earth, as God and the Bible and all that stuff preaches to us. Dominion over the earth and the animals, and we're supposed to take care of them and the children and all that stuff. I ask because we've lost a ton of tree canopy in the last eight years. Charlotte used to have a really good percentage of um, or, or, or tree canopy cover, and they're letting a lot of trees get mature trees getting cut down that there used to be ordinances that said you could not cut this tree down of a certain size of a certain maturity. And now they're just taking them down. And I don't know if it's just a lack of enforcement or if there's something that says, oh, if you plant uh, a sapling after that, I don't think that's the case. But, you know, Duke Powers had to go by these rules for decades. Um, arborists are probably crying themselves to sleep every night. Well, mm-hmm. we've got to keep the tree canopy. Um <clears throat> I have seen some places do that, which you were referring to about, like, if you cut down this tree, if you plant one somewhere else, then it's yeah. like... Yeah, but that's not an equal exchange but, right, when right, it's right. a 100-year-old, um, you know, red oak or silver maple. So, I mean, I, I'd like to be able to count on you to at least look after that and look into that and make sure we're following the proper uh, protocols on that stuff, because it means a lot. It, it does. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, why do people flock to Charlotte? Like, what is it that that's enticing as to why the um, the growth is so much. Bojangles. Bojangles, <laughs> iced tea, and quality of life. Yeah. People want quality of life. People could go to Atlanta, could go to New York. New York is a brick area. Which part of New York? Okay, okay. Some of New York is. No, I like all of New York. <laughs> exactly. I'm here for But I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, you know, U.S. Grant housing is still has some work to do up in Harlem. <laughs> So, so, but it's different. And so what draws people, it's the greenery, it's the Mm. seasons that we go into. And it's beautiful flying into this great city when you look down and you see it. And so absolutely, I believe that cutting down a hundred year old tree 
a hundred more years, it's going to be a whole different type of city. And we have to be sensitive because here, and the other piece of that is the green emissions that yes. through cars. And, and that's why I believe in uh, multifaceted uh, transportation. Yes, we have to deal with, with buses and, and, and trains. Yes, it's important. But what other things can we do so that we can stop having single cars on the road, that we have a multifaceted and integrated transportation system that brings that carbon down, that footprint down so that we have clean air. I mean, my daughter, our daughter has allergies like crazy. She doesn't want to take any medicine. So how do we do that so that we br we're breathing clean air? To move this along, uh, <laughs> my sources, my inside sources uh -huh. that I won't name, Leah Nasworth, tell me that you have quite the voice and uh, you're quite the singer, obviously a great speaker and orator. What types of music do you like and who are some of your favorite artists? And then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an old school uh, girl. As Teddy Pendergrass gazes down upon I you. I was going to say, I, I love Teddy, but you know, in my era in the 80s and 90s, Whitney Houston okay. um, was beast. But I love, I'm a, I came from the hip hop generation when hip hop was hip hop uh, and the newness of it. And so I actually like a variety from jazz uh, to hip hop, to classics. Name names. <laughs> oh, don't ask me. No, because I don't want to get in trouble. No, I'm not naming names. How are you going to get in trouble when most of the people we like are dead or something? <laughs> cool, cool in the gang, man. By the way, Anita Baker outclasses Whitney Houston every time. No, uh, they're in two different classes, though. That's right. Hers we, is the higher class. Well, <laughs> I knew this was going to turn ugly. I like, Ugh. I like, a, I love, actually, I was just listening to Anita Baker the other day. So I just love, and I like uh, Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah. You know, that's churchy right there. You oh, go yeah. to church every time you hear it. I like CC whining. BB uh, and CC. They're, they're awesome. Um, you know, Bette Midler. Yeah, I love, love me some Bette. We have a friend, uh, an acquaintance of the Mad Park family that played for Bette Midler as well as Prince and uh, Lionel Richie. <laughs> I like Lionel. I name drop. Lionel. We name him. So as far as hip-hop, let me explain to you oh, that I was there at the advent of it for go. what most people think is the advent of hip-hop. Okay, you know? tell us about it. Tell the us. Sugar Hill Gang, which were posers mainly, but you know, your Run DMC, your Grandmaster Flash, and Furious Five, um, Treacherous Three, all that stuff. Um, Look at you. Anyway, I was there. You I was there? there in 1981 at the concert. I was uh, not. Brian was not born yet, but um, <laughs> I'm a boogie down production slash KRS one guy. I loved uh, EPMD, Public Enemies, or the Gods of uh, uh, Lyricism. You know all that stuff. Uh, stuff. I was a Big Daddy Kane fan. Newer type stuff would be um, Common or Most Death, and those guys. <laughs> I, I didn't made realize. Records I thought you years. asked her the question. But I'm telling her why I'm right, and I know this. I know this. And your friend, and you're friends with this guy. Chip? I mean, we're acquainted. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to make sure your head was on the train before. Well, like, I appreciate. Listen, man, how do you know if somebody's qualified if you don't ask them the right question? Absolutely. And the just fact kidding. that you I'm would disparage the man on the wall over there, my man Teddy. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. And we're forced to listen to uh, country music because between Gross. my father-in-love, Walter Sr., and Walter Jr. Chip, the kids love country But do they like music. the new country stuff that's like pop, which also rap, and hip-hop is now like pop, and pop is like pop? No. Genres are overlapping now. It's fine. Yeah, it's also homogenized. I like the old stuff like, you know, Waylon Jennings, and Tammy Wynette, and you know, stuff like that's that. That's the good singing. That's <clears throat> the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, time. The incumbent council member. I'm not going to get too much into what this person does. I won't name the person because I, I don't care. And this is not that type of podcast. Not this episode. <laughs> um, he has similar goals 
and a platform, as you stated, that is, you know, uh, public safety, transit, and jobs slash economy. Mm-hmm. He states them in a different way, as in 27 F-bombs in one interview over a 90-minute period, and that's back to that professionalism thing, and I'm not putting you on the spot. That's, that's one of the things I don't care for, whether it's him or someone else. But since your goals, your stated goals, and your stated platform are very similar, what distinguishes the way you will achieve those from the way he will? I can only speak for me, and and, and that's, that's that's all I'm asking. And in, in my in my life, and where I see the most success of running airports, running large organizations, um, is this: is that it is important that we're collaborative, because some of the greatest um, ideas and inventions come out of people that you don't expect. So I know that my life has been, although I've been the head of organizations, to hear what the frontline people are saying because they're touching the customer. And so it's important to have be collaborative and listen, be amongst the people, as well as do your research. And then if you do your research, you're amongst the people and you use your skill set, I believe you'll come up with solutions and don't be afraid to fail. Because it's in our failures that greatness comes out of um, ideas and things. And so I think that that is who I am as a human being, is that I like people, I love people, and I want to be amongst the people. And I can be amongst people who emphatically disagrees with me. And I can listen, but I can also put my point, you know, I can stand my ground on things. And then sometimes you got to let things go and let it simmer down and then come back to it. And what so I'm, that's me. What I'm hearing, what I'm gathering from you, meeting you now for the first time, is... A person that's confident enough, comfortable enough with themselves, and clearly smart enough to to let people have their say, to take advice from people that might be a specialist in one field, but also might be somebody that has experience in um, you know the public service, Malcolm Graham, mm-hmm. um, or Mr. Dunlap, or anybody like that from over there at the, uh, in other districts. I, I, I like that. I, I get it, and uh, I'm glad that um, you're saying that. But every time, every now and again, it puts me at ease though, as a voter. But every now and again, though, here's the deal: we all know this is that sometimes you have to make a decision. Sure. And 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 I'm not afraid of making a decision. And, and sometimes you don't get that <clears throat> the time to be able to do all those things. And right, sometimes you right. have to be on the. And I'm willing to even do that um, with using what my intuition is to be able to do it and be able to deal with the repercussions of what that is. And generally you don't have to have to do a lot of those things, but at the end of the day, you still have to make a decision. Right. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not afraid to do that. I didn't think you would be. <laughs> are you getting any, um, you don't have to name names, but are you getting any advice from any existing council members about, you know, you know, Hey, this might help as you're running your campaign and this is how we're doing it. You might want to align yourself with this way or so not, we can be congruent. It doesn't even have to be other council members. It's just, are you getting good advice from other people? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there historically, um, I've, I've been able to talk to some really, um, wise people who are running and have run, uh, the city, but also everyday people who are politically astute activists who are doing it all, every day. And so I've just had the privilege of um, hearing those folk call me, meet me for coffee. I reach out to them or they reach out to me and say, let's let's talk. And so um, I've had just overwhelmingly people coming to me and say, let me, let me, let's talk, let's talk. And so that's, it's really been good and enriching. At the end of the day, um, you know, I'm the one that's up at night though, you know, making those decisions with all those, um, with all the information. Um, but it's been, been, it's been an outpouring of uh, people wanting to help. <laughs> it is. So want to get you guys out. 
everybody out. And here's the thing. This is the hard part about this. Brian can't vote because he's actually an out-of-state resident. Is he? So okay. he's certainly an out-of-city resident. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I live in the state of South Carolina. Well, here's the deal. Um, in in primaries such as this, you can vote. Vote me. is vote about seven percent. Seven percent of our population Yikes. get out and 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 vote. And so we we gotta we gotta we gotta get people out voting. If you could get twenty percent out there, it's um, you might yeah. not have to worry th- yeah. that night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we need to vote. I wish that uh, we, as American citizens, with this right and this privilege of, of voting, one vote. Um, I've only missed voting in a presidential or federal election once, and I try to vote local, you know, the local elections as much as possible. It's really, they make it a lot easier, easier than ever, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for me anyway, and now I can drive, I can still drive myself at my advanced age, but um, I know there are some people that need a ride there, but, um, you know, if you give good notice. And And people don't think it, 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 the people I've talked to, it's like, what difference does it make? Does it, does it matter? Of course it does. Um, And the higher percentages is when there's a presidential election. But at the end of the day, for all the listeners, what matters on the local level matters in these elections. I think people can now understand why that is true, because everything we went through with um, COVID and shutdowns and Mm -hmm. ordinances, all that stuff was local. It's local. Whether you agree with things that were done or not, or you think it should have been longer or businesses didn't do this and this, but it was all local. So you really do need to vote because then you can have a say in that kind of stuff. That's right. Because it won't be the last time we have something that affects our life like this because it's still going on. We just have a little bit better movement and freedom than we did a couple years ago, but um we, we need to we need to keep control of our local stuff. Absolutely. You got to stay on top of it. You got to yeah. stay in big because guess what? The voters determine who sits in these seats. That's right. Quite honestly, look at her leering. <laughs> Stephanie Han. I've learned a lot. Candidate for Charlotte City Council District 6, which is my district and the district of a lot of people I know, as a matter of fact. I don't know anybody in my neighborhood, but I know a lot of people outside of my neighborhood. It's a strange dichotomy. Anyway, we appreciate you coming in. Listen, thank you for this opportunity to just to talk and and answer questions um, that I think yeah. the public wants to know, but also making sure that what I'm saying really matters inside and not just from a political landscape. It yeah. does matter. It was oddly substantive. <laughs> I didn't expect her to, on our end to ask any good questions. Well, like I said, I didn't know a lot about the district, so I, I learned a lot and then was interested. It's what we do here at Mad Park Podcast, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for your lack of service. Stephanie, thank you very much. Chip, thanks for, um, thanks for being here, not Chip. filming directly in my face, but thanks, man. Chip's been here very quiet. We really do appreciate it. This is, uh, I'm Tom, and that is... Brian. And you can say goodbye, too, Stephanie. And I'm Stephanie. And, Charlotte uh, City Council District 6. Vote, vote, vote. And fast and furious. Yep. Thank you. Peace. <laughs>